can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really got a stream in. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you Welcome back to Movies We Missed. I'm your co-host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my lovely-ish co-host, Jane Abigail Hammer, coming at you live and in color. Looking great, girl. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, you know? I'm, I'm yeah. looking cute. I'm feeling cute, more importantly, you know? Very that. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Am I you right? Know, as, you know? as long as you feel that way, it doesn't matter how anybody else sees you, you know? <laughs> yeah, I took a page out of your book. <laughs> um, so it's lovely to see you again. Um, I, you know, I, I spend a, a lot of time around you, talking mm. you down, just trying <laughs> to get you through it. Um, so, you know, we've, Jane and I actually, you know, we watch these movies for, for our, our listeners, um, mm -hmm. because that's really what it's about for us. That's, a, that's our legacy. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, from time to time we, we take a little bit of a, a break from, um, the cinema. Um, as they call it in my native yes. place, my native mm -hmm. place of birth. Um, but and just doing things outside of the podcast itself, we do have a life, you know. We, yeah, we do. Other things going a on. A life, just one. One, the two Col of us. a collective um, life. <laughs> but um, yeah, we watch some other stuff too. Um, we do. Jane and I, we found um, a show. It's more of like an art house, uh, mm. sort of like a cinema style series documentary type mm -hmm. thing. I think Criterion Collection maybe maybe was behind it. Um, yeah, very, very heady stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember the theme song. I think the theme song is, I like them boys, I like them boys. Um, <laughs> none other than um, F Boy Island. Um, Jane and yeah. I have discovered it. <laughs> it's um, an absolute masterpiece. And I will say, the thing is, so when you think of the caliber of, of television that HBO usually signs on to its roster, you think Sopranos, you know, you think... Oz. Oz. You think, um, what else? White Lotus. You think of all these, um, you know, gritty, dra like, dramatic... Like, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies, um, yes, exactly. I'm having trouble thinking of HBO shows. Uh, Little so Big Lies, the Jeffrey Epstein story. Um. <laughs> I was like, dude, why are you coming in so hot with the thing you just said? And then I got it. That was um, good. It but you, you generally don't think of reality um, TV competitions to pop up on HBO Max. but They do have a couple that they've released recently, which feel more like in line with the HBO brand, like uh, Full Bloom, which has nothing to do with <gasps> I gay, gay sex at Full all. Bloom. It's I nothing to do with gay sex. It's all about uh, floral arrangements. Um, it's a really fun show. Um, so stuff like that. Ellen's design. Ellen's design show. I don't know if you saw that. It's like this. No, um, it was like I a bunch of designers that. from um, all over the country uh, designing really like artful, like mid-century modern sort of inspired pieces. Yeah, I, I haven't watched that, but I have watched one of my favorite reality shows on HBO Max is um, The Great Pottery Throwdown where it's sort of oh, like... Oh, we haven't watched that one yet. It's so good. I think there's like four or five seasons. Oh there's my God. like it's It's sort of like Bake Off, except it's all about like ceramics. And it's are they, fascinating. Are they British? 
Oh, of course. You think I'm watching if they're not British? Yeah. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so have you, have you seen it, Dave? Oh, he just, he, he was in and out. He was in and out. But he... <laughs> but you usually are not finding the caliber of of show that we've been watching, F-Boy Island. F-Boy Island. It's more of like a, ne- a Netflix moment. It's more of or, a Bravo moment. Even. Or I was just about to say like a C- uh, like a, a CBS moment, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I could see like... Yeah, maybe maybe like like CBS's like streaming platform. I feel like would be where they probably tried to put this one. You know, you want to watch it after you put the kitties to bed. Um, <laughs> you guys, it's so good. It's or not? Sort of I is... don't raise your children. If you no, don't exactly. feel them watching it while playing with Tonka trucks and stuff, then hey, Do have at it. Some things kids need to learn, and at a certain age, I know it's disgusting. I hated it too. But the thing is, F Boy Island. So if you guys don't know, F Boy Island is three women are swooped away to a tropical island. I think they're in the Cayman Islands is where they film. And the objective of the show is there's like a bunch of guys and they date all the guys. And some of them are self-identified F-boys. And then some of them are self-identified nice guys. And what they're trying to do is like, at the end, uh, it's still unclear. what happens really at the end, but uh, there's a hundred thousand dollars at stake and the women are trying to suss out a nice guy and like find a relationship. And the F boys are trying to win a hundred thousand dollars, but, and like by, by winning these women's heart in like a deceptive and like quote unquote F boy way. And then they get to the end. And then I think what they do is they have a choice between a hundred thousand dollars or a choice between dating this woman. And so like, they keep saying up to a hundred thousand dollars. Those are two important words, which to me (laughs) up to, to me means that like either like all three of the women, all the three of the women have to pick you maybe is what I'm it's like maybe if all three of the women pick the same guy maybe impossible because they yeah, they're dating their own people that's true so I'm really I don't even know if all three women w- so so the the theme of the show is there are no rules because like literally like they keep flipping it every episode like something happens that you're like I previously didn't know you were able to do that and it's like well it seems like the producers are just deciding on the spot to make whatever choices or to let like these people on this show make whatever choices they want, which I you don't know what I, what I actually think is going to happen. I think what? what's going to happen is that each of the women gets to pick one guy and then each guy respectively gets to decide if he wants to go after the girl or the money. Right. And That's I what I think is going to happen too. Yeah. No, but I think that like, if there are three guys, I think that if all three of the guys were to pick the money, they would be dividing the 100000 among themselves, so it would be 33 per person. And I think that, like, <laughs> if one of those three guys decides to pick the girl over the money, then that pot is now 50 k if the other two guys decide to take the money, or 100 k if two of the guys decide to go after the girls and one guy decides to take the money. Do you know what I mean? I have a question. Why don't the women get any money? <laughs> they either get, like, a shitty guy or nothing? Like, they get the well, they get the exposure and they get like the subliminal messaging to like ugh. the world that they are quote unquote good catches. 
Like, um, well, I hate. They I hate also that. get to strut about in their finest top shop in ASOS gigs mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for a couple weeks. Fashion Nova. Uh, Fashion Nova has never is been in the house. working harder. No, no. <laughs> with these they, outfits, it's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely, everyone, whether you're a self-identified nice guy or an f-boy everyone appears to be an f-boy there is absolutely no one on this show there's actually one person on the show that brandon and i like his name is josh shout out to josh if you're listening because i'm sure he's a huge listener of this podcast absolutely i think josh is gonna take that money too though if he gets the no option. i believe in josh i don't think he is we should also note we have one more episode left to watch don't nobody tell us what happens nobody tell us what happened i mean by the time this airs we'll have already watched it because that's actually really- a very good point so tell away Tell away. We can talk about it in the comments of whatever Instagram post is the most recent. Or maybe we'll just do an Instagram post about F-Boy Island. Maybe we should do a separate <laughs> mini sort about F-Boy Island. Maybe we should um, petition to <laughs> HBO to see if we can co-host F-Boy Island next Oh my season. god, I would love. So Nikki Glaser is the host and she's also an executive producer. Hey Nikki. Um, you're definitely You love Nikki too. Glaser, don't you, Jane? I do. I think she's hilarious. And so... I would love to. <laughs> okay, Brandon <laughs> is making a very intense face of me right now. And the reason is okay, I want to make this clear. I don't not like Nikki Glazer. I actually respect her, and like she is like speaks a lot. A lot a, a lot of uh, sorry she speaks out a lot about feminist issues and I appreciate that but her comedy doesn't always hit for me and so <laughs> Brandon is trying to hold my feet to the fire and get me to say publicly that I don't like no, the pleasure, that which I didn't that's not what I said so I won't I won't be doing this anyways I remember what I remember is the show starting Nikki Glaser <laughs> appearing on the screen and you going ugh Nikki Glaser <laughs> That's what I remember, um, but I could be wrong. Um, but I well, okay. But I support okay. female comics, though, and that's me. And I'm weird that way. Um, I want women to be at the center wait, of the wait, narrative. Wait, wait, wait! Give me, give me this moment, okay? I am actually w- willing to admit a wrongdoing. Whereas, like, okay. when I did say that when she first came on screen, I was like, "Ugh, Nikki Glaser." Mm. And Brandon turned to me and he was like, "What?" And I was like, "I just heard. I just like don't love her comedy." But like since this show, I've actually started to like her a little bit more. That's fair. So, yeah. so what I'm trying to do right now is make myself look better which i shouldn't do i should just be honest about my feelings we both we all have people we don't like for whatever reason sometimes you don't even know why it's just some people rub you the wrong way you're fine i was just i know but i I, but i but i felt guilty because i i judged her before i really like had i i haven't really spent a lot of time with nikki you know but you've probably seen clips and they didn't really jive with you and so you were sort of like yeah this doesn't really do it for me this is an inspired comedy that like would keep me coming back for more so you know, right, she just fine. wasn't like my cup of tea. You know, in your that cup of tea. Sense. I was just teasing you. You're fine. You know, no, no, and no, I know you I support. Know. You're a feminist, and that's what a feminist looks like. Everybody, Jane, <laughs> Eliza Hammer. That is what. That's who we want at the front of the movement. She's the Gloria Steinem of this generation. I hate you so much. No, I support you. Yes. I stand right beside you with those picket signs. Enough. Absolutely, you stand right you behind know? me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're the you're the woman. If it's if it is a protest, you are a white woman. I'm a black man. I stand behind you. Okay, that you is true. But I did meet in a different right? contest t- context. Like um, every movement, 
All right. White women yes, in front. That's... Brown, brown people stand behind. That's Jane's that is true. That is true. And I walked into that one. But I didn't... Obviously, I didn't mean it in that context. But you are right. And, um... Anyway, the show How did we get is, here? <laughs> the show is deliciously awful. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a show that we can't turn away from. Um, and we we're also very passionate about our feelings about certain things happening in the show. Like, well, some I feel of these very people, enraged by it. Some of these people are appalling, A. <laughs> and then B, these girls couldn't want, like, an actual nice guy less. Like, no. <laughs> they got rid of all the... They got rid of all the nice guys except for the one that's left who's, like, you know... Josh, built, that is to Josh. Who's, yeah, who's, who's you know built like a greek god so he got to stay but i mean they got rid of everybody else and and like under like false pretenses like you didn't spend a lot of time with me it's like as you dodged him for the entire episode right exactly um, as you were like you're being too nice to me i need someone to call me a bitch and these girls also, when these girls get like you know grabbed by a guy they're like you know i i hated it when he threw me over his shoulder it was so gross but i came and it's like which is it <laughs> They're like, I hate this Neanderthal behavior, but I am so fucking turned on by it. <laughs> I hate, I hate the way that these guys are being so gruff and acting like they own us, but nothing else will get me off. <laughs> um, that's the narrative. At least that's so, yeah. the way it's edited to look. We'd love to be there with them pretending, oh you know earnestly like sort of like asking questions and being like i actually really do want to talk to some of these f boys i want to have conversations with them because i have a lot of questions because i think i think that when people like the girls are trying to get to know them they don't they ask them questions and then the guys will um not really answer it and they don't hold their feet to the fire they're just like okay thanks for talking with me and it's like he said nothing. You gotta ask follow-ups. But, you know, whatever. I don't think <laughs> that they'd want a drunk Jane on the beach trying to, like, facilitate these conversations. Oh, God. We'd be, we'd be so messy. They'd be like, please leave. What are you doing? We would, we, would, we would get kicked off for being F-girls, I'm sure. It would just be, yeah. They'd be like, first of all, you guys demolished craft services. That was for everybody. <laughs> You're um, like, well, I'm sorry, but the Fashion Nova Queens were not eating it. So what were we I'm supposed sorry, to do? I'm sorry, but I love Schlotzky's. And when I saw that they were catering today, yeah, I took you, a little bit back to my room. Yeah, I've got a couple of feet of a BLT in my room. Damn and that's you. for me later. That's I didn't ask treat. you any questions. Yeah, no, you, absolutely. You love a Schlotzky's ref. You, I love Schlotzky's. It's delicious. Yeah, and like, what happened to that company is... Disgraceful. Um, shout out to Schlotzky's. I don't uh, actually know what Schlotzky's is. It's but... delicious. It's just like a better Subway, basically. Oh, really? God, that's great. We're looking for that. Um, well, anyways, I feel like we have definitely covered F-Boy Island. And we, did. we might want to cover the movie that I think everybody pressed play People, before. The movie people have been salivating for. Um, Waiting. A movie that the bros love. And mm-hmm. I know that some of the hoes love it, too. So I'll shout <laughs> and all hey and all those in betweens. Hey, what, hey, what, 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 what? Those, those gender non-conforming hoes huh? and bros. <laughs> Let them know. Um, yeah, it yeah. is it is the Tony Scott um, concerto. Um, <laughs> Top Gun. Um, Top Gun. That's how it's pronounced. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's the movie. I've never seen it, nor have I wanted to. 
um, I kind of forgot it happened, and I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about it. Um, well, I actually should reveal that my mother told me... I, so I talked to my mother, um, I think it was on Saturday, whatever, it doesn't matter. And she was like, what movie are you guys doing this week? And I told her Top Gun and she was like, you've seen that movie. And oh. I was like, what? I didn't see that movie. And she Escandalo. was like, well, uh, Escandalo. <laughs> uh, and she was like, well, you saw it when you were two because dad and I rented it on VHS. And she nice. told, this is actually like such a ridiculous story. Okay. So she was like, we dad and I rented the movie on VHS and me and my little sister were I was two, my little sister I mean my big sister was, was four. Say, <laughs> some secrets you wanna tell me about? <laughs> Just been like pretending to be the youngest forever. No, I am the youngest of three siblings and everyone is older than me. Um so she so my parents were like, Well, they're young, they won't really understand what's going on, we can watch this or whatever. And so I guess we watched we watched the movie and like you know there's the sex scene and everything like that um and my mom said that after the movie was over two-year-old Jane walked up to her to give her a kiss and I tried to french kiss my your root well that's the thing too funny ridiculous also you can see the kind of like <laughs> you know the um shoot by the hip parenting the hammers were doing where it was like <laughs> top gun won't affect my young children <laughs> and then your two-year-old tries to french you <laughs> So horrible. <laughs> we all have legacies, you know? <laughs> we all... The thing is, is that we all have marks that we need to leave on this earth. Mm -hmm. And so what I mm -hmm. thought was, when anybody thinks of me long after yes. I pass, I want them to know that story, because I'm mm -hmm. so... Preach. Proud of, yeah, so proud of me. So... Anyways, that was Go what, girl. so, so I guess it wasn't a movie I, I missed, but I'm sure it was a movie my mother wish I missed. And um, it opened up a door, <laughs> it seems like, for you, so. I mean, well, to be fair, I didn't remember anything from the viewing <clears throat> from when I was two years old, but I did watch it this time, twice, and I think right now is the time to reveal that, like, I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like it. I was, it was so fucking boring. Oh, and like, boring. it was, I, I just like, I, I was mad at myself for assigning it. I was like, this is the first movie on the podcast that we've done that like, I genuinely was just like, I don't know if I can make it through like a second viewing. The first one was so painful. <laughs> well, it's like, first of all, we are absolutely 100% aware now that this is not one for us. No, um, but yeah, no. I watched it, and it was like there. It was there were some doozies in there. There were some some lo some long scenes and some points being belabored and lots of air stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, yeah. So, do you want to go ahead and read the synopsis? For this yeah, movie? let's do my synopsis. Um, let me get a little sippy of water. Oh yeah, you got your binky. <laughs> 
Okay. Have you heard of pornography? Now, this is just like that, but instead of sex being the thing that you're all hot and heavy for, imagine what's getting you off is the United States military. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Navy propaganda film Top Gun. Not only are you in for a lot of military porn, but strap in for some very unsubtle homoeroticism. Released in 1986, arguably the gayest decade, we follow the story of our hero, Maverick, otherwise known as Pete Mitchell. He and his Rico, which I've gathered means dude who's in the plane with you, are admitted into Top Gun, the U.S. Navy's elite piloting program that only lets in the top 1% of pilots. What they're training for, I don't know exactly, but they do a lot of it. You see, Maverick is a real maverick when it comes to flying. He takes risks that could be fatal, but he's skirted death many times. Some of his classmates, like Iceman, don't like his reckless attitude towards flying, and they make it known. And it's not just his classmates, it's his instructors too. He's constantly getting chewed out for not following orders, particularly by his one and only female teacher, Charlotte Blackwood, AKA Charlie. She's a brilliant scholar and knows what she's talking about, but Maverick is a man and that makes him better. Charlie can't help but notice that Maverick is a man and decides, hey, ethical connotations of dating one of my students be damned. I'm gonna bed this gentleman. They fall in love and fall into a cycle of fucking and flying. School learning and soaring through the air while licking each other's body parts to take my breath away over and over and over again. Then, all of a sudden, during one of the many, many flying scenes, Maverick once again makes a dangerous decision which results in a crash and then Goose fucking dies. The military clears Maverick of all wrongdoing, even though I do not, but he still decides to become a sad boy and quit flying before his Top Gun graduation. He leaves for a bit, but then decides after talking to people who think he shouldn't quit to come back just in time for graduation. He gets an assignment somewhere in the world and he's flying off of a ship in the Indian Ocean to protect American freedom or some shit. It's unclear what the conflict actually is, but what we do know is Maverick ends up saving the day and America is safe again from another random foreign enemy. Oh yeah, and he goes home and gets the girl. And that, my friends, is military circle jerk movie Top Gun. Mm. Mm. Deep, deep, deep. Did you fall asleep? That was a really no. That was a really good summation. You you covered you covered all the bases, and you know you you touched on the the light sprinkling of propaganda in the film. Yeah, um, no, it was hard to spot. It was really really hard to spot. I think this. I'm I'm not sure, but I think this movie was really pro navy, pro military. Um, there was um. There's also I was reading that apparently like like uh like enrollment into like the navy's flight school went up by like five hundred percent. Oh my god, I'm out. sure. They and should use they, this as a recruiting film. I mean No, it's... they they did I mean that's what it was. And then like apparently they were saying that like 
they they offer they are they had to pay the navy like millions of dollars they had to pay the navy millions of dollars basically to use like the equipment in, in that they use in the movie for the flight scenes and things like that and um some of the combat scenes um they were facilitated by the, the navy and then like they were like well like maybe like when we release this if we use if we allow you to put in recruitment information before the movie then maybe that could sort of like help forgive some of the debt that like the, the production company owes them and they were like we don't need you to do that like the movie itself is enough promo for us um oh my god that's so gross yeah and so and also this movie funnily enough you mentioned you know your parents uh picking it up on um on vhs which mm-hmm. also Everybody, you know, I, I I was not even born yet when this movie came out. So you were born the year I was the a movie twinkle. I was a twinkle in the eye of my mother at that point. I'm really young, so <laughs> I was probably just a, like a dream or a hope for the future at that point for my mom. But uh, Jane was a full adult already, tonguing people. So that could you not be of the age disparity between us? She's a lot older. Um, but also the movie. Um, when it came out, it was the first uh, VHS tape that was actually affordable for people to purchase because at this point, VHS tapes mm. were still around $100 a pop. So they were mostly just bought by like blockbusters and like video yeah. companies. Um, and But because Pepsi sponsored an ad, like a, it was an ad where like a guy was drinking, tried to open up uh, a bottle of Pepsi and then like he couldn't pour it in the, the fighter so he had to invert like Tom Cruise does at the beginning of the movie in order to get it to pour out of the bottle. So um. that was how they were able to release the movie at an affordable price for people to purchase. Um, but it was the beginning of that. It was the beginning of several things. It was the beginning of that. It was like one of the first movies that had like the full on like sort of Tom Cruise has said like he was the one who sort of like I guess engineered like the the idea of like world of like premieres in different countries like. Um, like, you know, oh, American wow. stars going to different countries and, like, them getting full-on premieres. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, it was first for a lot. It was released in May of 1986. Okay. Um, it you made, were born, uh, like, two months later. I just want everyone to know. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, so it made $176 million in the U.S. and it made three hundred. And fifty-seven million dollars worldwide, um, and that's on a fifteen million dollar budget. So I mean, they were. Wow. Let's just say they were in the green. <laughs> you know what Cause, I mean? Because they were. Yeah, that's literally what that means. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. <laughs> I think they actually call it in the black. Is what they call it. Oh God, is that true? Because I'm going to sound like an idiot if that's true. I think. Wait, you're wait right. what part do you think you started sound like an idiot? <laughs> 10 seconds ago? I would say, I would say at the release of this movie is when I started to sound like an idiot in 1986. Um, Yeah, well, putting your mom in a very, like, will they, won't they scenario. (laughs) I hate you. I knew, I knew there was going to be no generosity on your side when I told that story. (laughs) Are you new to this friendship? (laughs) No. Um, so... Yeah, I also want to point out they refer to MiGs all throughout this movie. And Had no is, idea what that is. It's a Soviet aircraft, um, uh. and a MiG is basically any member of the Soviet military fighter aircraft. Um, it's produced by a company since like the 1930s, um, founded by someone named Artem Mikoyan. Is that something that people know? Because like, no, there was no, 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 like, no, 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 ex- no, no, no. Exposition. They didn't. Well, like, they don't do- talk about it. It's similar yeah, to cats when they just bring up jellicles. 
<laughs> I, um, have, I still don't know. Oh, Dave goes. wants Dave. Okay, so Dave just chimed in. He said, um, "I know this. I know this shit. I'm those people." So I'm gonna go see if I can find a cookie for him to give him. A <laughs> wow, Dave! Very, very cool. Very cool to know military. Dave shit. doesn't support the. You. Dave doesn't support the, the gay community. Um, what he what and, he supports is the U.S. military, and we know now absolutely where, where things stand. So Cat-tone. I. Yeah. Um, although, if there are any uh, military members out there listening, thank you oh for my your God, service. Thank you for and your service. We are forever indebted to you. Um, <laughs> and I want to apologize for any disrespectful things that have been said or will be said by my co host. Um, she okay. knows not what she says. Um, and she Actually, means no harm. Actually, I do, I know you're drunk right now, but I do think it's an important thing to point out. Like, there's a difference between supporting the troops and supporting the U.S. military as, like, an entity. So, like, of course, I'm not a monster. Of course I support our troops and, um, you know, want everyone to be safe and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, I do have a huge issue politically with what the U.S. military does, of course, and I'm... Um, you know, very anti-war, a pacifist. And so it's hard for me to watch it because I know what the military does. They prey on low-income people. They prey on marginalized groups in order to give to make the benefits seem amazing so that people will put their lives on their line for, you know, wars that make rich people richer. And so that is the thing that I that I think we can all agree is is the horrifying element of this. Of course, though, we support our troops. I want to put that out there. Okay. Um, so that's what Amig <laughs> is. And um, this movie was... Um, it started with, like, this this flight scene which basically let us know that we're dealing with a real for real for real maverick uh in our our hero a tom cruise who apparently like they wanted for the part but didn't want to do the part but then they like took him up in like an an f-14 and like i did see that yeah you saw that and then he geeked out and he was like oh my god like i gotta do this film and it's like knowing what we know of tom cruise now that totally checks out that once he realized like the thrill of it all, he was, like, on board. I mean, obviously, this was probably the beginning of, like, that, you know, Tom Cruise known famously for doing all of his own stunts and, you know. So I'm sure this was probably the birthplace of that, doing a movie that was this sort of, like, high-octane and getting to play a character this sort of over-the-top, um, which has been sort of a part of his, you know, his filmography from and also just his existence um for a really long time because i think mm-hmm. he probably brings maverick energy now to everything that he does and oh, actions sure. and you know marriages so yeah um <laughs> Scientology. But, right um <laughs> but there um there was like so at the beginning of the movie when there's this whole uh, moment where they're um they're doing what seems to be some sort of like um routine exercise and like flight and formation um, but then there is like an interloper, like an unexpected, you know, plane that appears in the sky, and we have. Is that what happens? I like. We have, well, we have. Well, we have Maverick. Okay, so we have Maverick, and we have uh, played by Tom Cruise. We have Anthony Perkins um, behind. We have Anthony. It's not Anthony Perkins. Oh my god! I was gonna say that's not his name. It's no. I'm um, thinking Anthony Doctor Perkins. Doctor Green. Is in, it's uh, you guys know. It's Doctor Green from ER. Anthony Edwards. Of, Anthony Perkins Anthony Edwards. is um, Norman Bates from Psycho. My bad. Oh. Um, 
but also queer. So anyway, Tom Cruise is Maverick, with Anthony Edwards as Goose, and then we have John Stockwell as Cougar in um, flying um, as the pilot in the other plane, and as his co-pilot, um, we have play- Tim Robbins playing Merlin. So basically, like, we have this moment where, like, our Maverick sort of realizes that you know, Cougar, his brother, you know, in flight is not doing well. Um, there are two MIGs that appear while they're um, do while they're in while they're um, in the middle of flight. Uh, Maverick takes on one and sort of scares him away. The other one sort of spooks uh, Cougar. And you know, under normal circumstances, I think Cougar is a person who would have been uh, very capable of you know, I guess getting the upper hand in that situation but for one reason or another he ends up being frightened by it and then there's this moment where we realize that he is sort of like he's not doing well he is he's he's, having a full-on he's he's, he's having a full-on panic attack in the sky while like flying this like you know fighter jet or whatever and so you know maverick is instructed to land because both of these planes are um are low on fuel and they're instructed to land, and Maverick like decides he's going to go back up and save his brother. And so that's our first sort of, um, I guess, that's our first look into Maverick and the way that he sort of operates, which is like I'm going to do what I, well, I'm going to do what I think is best. Basically, I was I was going to say I'm going to do what I think is right, but I don't think that's always what it is. I think it's a lot of times just I'm going to do the thing that I think is the thing that needs to be done in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it just highlights too, like. I didn't like the fucking character of Maverick because he was so goddamn arrogant. And this was our first indication that, like, his arrogance, like, comes out in the way that he flies as well. Where he's, like, and the way that he's, like, the whole thing, at least as I understand it, about being in the military is being a person who follows orders, right? And Maverick You need to be is, a team player, yeah. Yes, and Maverick is not. He thinks he knows what's right. And... In this movie, they, at the same time that they blast it, they also are celebrating it. So the message really is like, they, I mean, really they're celebrating that kind of arrogance. There's a lot of moments in the movie where like, he's chastised, but then like at the same time, they they make sure to mention that he's also like, you know, the The best best to do it. So it's like, you know, damn it, Nav, when I give you a command, you bring your ass down and you land this plane. You're the best freaking flyer I've ever seen. You in that sky? It gets me hard. <laughs> you know what doesn't finish me off? You not landing on my orders. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, it's it's that, you see that everywhere where it's like, the and it's that classic trope, I guess, where it's like, the person who's the best at this gets slammed the hardest when they mess up or when they do mm-hmm. something they shouldn't because this is how you get better and you treat a champion or whatever. But also the thing that I don't understand is in the beginning of the movie, right after this, when Co- they get Cougar down and everyone's safe, but, um, you know, they're talking to, I guess, the commander, I don't know what his name is, I don't know what his rank or his title is, but he's that bald, angry guy. Oh, oh, Stinger, Stinger. Stinger, yeah. They're in his office, Stinger's office, and he's like, brah, you shouldn't do this. Cougar turned in his wings and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and this is when he's like, you guys are reckless and all over the place and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sending you to Top Gun, which is like a compliment, which means like you are going to this flight school now. And it's like, okay, 
kind of sending mixed messages here where you're really mad at him, but then you're telling him that you're going, sending him to this elite pilot training school. I feel like this happens, like, with a lot of, like, sports teams, too, though. And I have very little knowledge of sports. But (laughs) I do feel like there are those moments where those players, you know, are sort of chastised. But, like, they're the best players. So, like, they don't get, like, you know, benched. Um, Right. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, I agree with you, though. Like, it is sending, like, a mixed message. But it's also, like, are you going to, like, what are you going to do? They want the best of the best. Are you going to, like not send them like are you gonna hold them back and effectively like in a way almost like handicap like this elite program by sending them like we we find out that cougar was the best but then he like turns in his wings and he's like i can't do this i have to go back to my boring marriage and then we well that was the one actually that's uh, that's a point that i wrote down because i was like so confused like so at the top of the movie they talk about how cougar is the best all the time and like Iceman, who is val kilmer who we meet later went to training school with cougar and talks about how great he is and blah 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 and like but then they sort of like forget about Cougar. They're talking about how great Maverick is all the time. And like the like the big ups that they give Cougar at the beginning of this movie, like I cannot believe he didn't return. It was just like they buried that character. It was very yeah. strange. I don't under I don't understand why that was like it they they made it seem like such a big deal that Cougar was this incredible pilot but then yeah. we just lose his story i guess well it's he not makes the story it's maverick story but he makes the comment though of like you know i have a child that i've never seen before and i guess like the second time i was watching this movie it was sort of like oh so like y- you're realizing you know how dangerous this this area you know this area that you um you know you've built a career in is mm-hmm. truly and like you know, you may not make it back, essentially, is, you know, and I, I want to see my right. kid, you know, grow up, like, that's sort of what it was, I guess, but, like, I thought it was a storyline that could have used, like, a little bit, even if there was just a moment where, like, you know, Maverick ends up towards the end of the movie grabbing a beer with Cougar, and, like, you know, that's the moment where we realize that Cougar's made the decision that's right for him, and Maverick's making the decision that's right for him, you know, it could have been, like, a really nice sort of moment of, like, these two characters having this sort of almost, like, you know, acknowledgement of, you know, what their flaws are, but then sort of making the decision to move forward in their respective paths, you know, and give us like, I think the full circle moment of that storyline, as opposed to him just sort of like going in, you know, giving over his wings and then just disappearing for the rest of the movie. Uh, so I yeah, and I think, again, I think, like, what we find out about this movie after watching it is that, like, this movie isn't an interesting character study. This movie is, like, no. yay, yay planes, yay militaries. <laughs> like, we it, don't, you know, we don't really talk about, like, I guess Maverick sort of has an evolution, but not really. I mean, you know. No, he just learns not to be as much of a dick. Or if he's going to be a dick, to be a little bit better, I guess, at, like, hiding. He it. learns, like... What I like, honestly, as a viewer, like twice I've watched this movie and what I really got was that like Maverick is really good at flying. Uh Oh, but he's like, you know, his own he's he's his own boss. But then, uh oh, that kills his best friend. But then he gets sad about it for a minute and then he's back into the game. (laughs) Yeah, and then he's back. Yeah. 
Well, that's all that happened in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like towards that's like towards the end when like uh, like you know spoiler alert Goose played by Anthony Edwards of ER fame and many other things too. Um, he you know his character dies and that's like this turning point for him and like there's like these moments where like like the like the superiors like corner him like what seems to be like the day of like his the de- the declaration of his death and they're like. It's enough. It's time to get you back out there. I know. We know, we know that you held the dead body of your friend in your arms and like, <laughs> sorry you had a bad day. But guess what? He's just been declared dead and like, we're all fucking over it. So how about you join us on Reality Island where we're comfortable well, we have, with him being We dead. have vague foreign threats to worry about that we need yeah. your help with. It's like We know okay. that you still have his blood literally in your hair. <laughs> Um, but that's what pert is for. So pert wash plus. that man right out of your hair, South Pacific style, please, because we're done with it. We're over it. Also, so join like, us, everyone in this movie is so fucking sweaty all the time, and that's like everybody in this movie is drenched in sweat. Everyone. The first scene, I was shocked by how hot and sweaty everybody was. But then it sort of fits into, I guess, the homoerotic, you know, storyline of this, you know, oh, 80s yeah. classic. Because it's well, just everyone's like, like... Well, and also they're all on a ship in the middle of the Indian Ocean. So it's like, I think being on a large vessel, there's like not a lot of like air, I think. And that was what Oh, for sure. I'm sure it's like, it's just really... Yeah, it's really dank. And like, they want you to remember that it's like muggy as fuck. And like... Mm-hmm. We yeah, some of them though I felt like they gilded the lily a little bit. I felt like hair and makeup could have pulled it back a slightly. Oh, because you know that they were covered in like Vaseline or oil or something, and like with that spray bottle, just spraying that water on. So you gotta keep every time you look at them. It's like you're a wet person. (laughs) Yeah, or like you're so. Oh yeah, you're so wet. You're soaking through your trousers, cadet. (laughs) Here, let's let's have a like the the number of scenes too that were like didn't need to be like in a location where it was like this scene what is that scene it's like uh i wrote it down um (laughs) well first of all it's a scene right after fucking um uh goose dies and um Viper comes to talk to Maverick like in the bathroom and he's just like in his tidy whities and this is a scene where he's like trying to console him and then also make him come back to to fly or whatever and he's literally just like in his underwear and I'm like whose choice is this that every scene that happens these guys are like half undressed and sweaty with a towel around them or, you know, in their underwear. It's like so <laughs> fucking clear that it's like, well, the um the conversation is for the boys, but the visuals are for the ladies and the gays. Exactly. The gays are boys too though, Jane. I look. <laughs> Despite the narrative that you want to push. <laughs> I realize that that did go. Um, <laughs> But I mean, yes, I should I should rephrase you. I'm just that. I'm literally just messing with you. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you did bring up you did bring up Viper played by Tom Skerritt, who's like a straight on full on smoke show in this movie. He is 
He's H-O-T. I, um, is he? I didn't... He's a very... Um, he's a very sexy man. He... He's got those beautiful blue eyes. I did notice that, but I just didn't pay a lot of attention Tom to Tom Skerritt of Picket Fences fame. I don't know if anybody I do, watched. of course. Dave yes. just chimed in with Hello Daddy, um, so he, he agrees. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's a full-on babe um, in this film. And... Uh, I didn't know. Uh, me like you. <laughs> So, yeah, so that, that was great. Um, also, um, in that first scene with Stinger, when he's yelling at them, there's, like, so much exposition in the scene. Like, Is there? I wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah, he's just, like, one. yelling, but he's trying to let us know things. So he's like, oh, because like, we, we don't really get a lot from the cougar scene of cougar, like, turning in his wings, and then he disappears, and then, like... We have Goose and Maverick called in to be sort of chastised for like the mis- for what they did and for their like devil may care attitudes, <laughs> but also let them know that they've been selected to be rewarded by you know being sent to like the most elite like flight you know training program in in the nation. And so, but there's moments where Stinger's like, yeah, like you know, yeah, Cougar was just in here and Cougar's now going home to his wife in Biloxi. <laughs> So that's that storyline. He was the number one pilot, but you're number two, and since the but number the one's spot's gone, open up, baby. we're gonna advance you. So you're gonna be going in his place to Top Gun, the number one flight training school in the nation. And it's just like, <laughs> did All they right. really say that um, Cougar was from Biloxi? Or did no, they didn't. I, but I just wanted weird. to, you know, believe. Um, but it was it. just a lot. It. it was like, because the scene with Cougar ends and I'm sort of like, oh, what happened? Like, it, I'm a little bit confused. And then he like clarifies everything. I love the beginning of movies when they just give you so many things. And it's like, oh, I haven't it's... been in this house since my mom, Jill, died years ago. She, of course, was married to Victor before my dad. But, you know, I don't know. Hopefully they've taken care of that witch in the neighborhood, too. And it's just like a shot of like the haggard old woman across the street with her like, you know, big cauldron in the front yard. But it's just like, all right, you, you've thrown enough in my face. I love they it. They fit so much in. And it's so obvious. And like, I feel like every time we're, I'm watching things now with anybody, I'm always like, exposition, exposition. Because it's like, it's it's so hard to work exposition into a script like in a way that is like not so in your face and very few people are masterful at it but it's um it's always funny and this i guess i again i was i couldn't understand him i wasn't paying attention to his dialogue i just knew that he was yelling and the first time the first thing that they that 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 appears on the screen as the movie starts is this which i wanted to share with you earlier and i forgot it's on march 3rd 1969 (laughs) the united states navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it Top Gun. (laughs) When I saw that, when I saw that, okay, first of all, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking when I signed this movie. I don't know what it, I didn't know what it was about, really. I Me neither, I, I had no idea. I had never really thought about it. And my, I want to read you, like, my first few notes, which are, <clears throat> I hope this isn't a lot about planes. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about planes. <laughs> We're watching so many planes take off. I, like, don't care. I get it. They're elite pilots. 
Like, <laughs> what did I think I was about to watch a movie? <laughs> I hope this isn't a lot about planes. It's literally only about planes. Famous last like, words, yeah. <laughs> I will say that, like, some of the flying sequences were really cool to watch because yes. I think, like, that's interesting. But, like, I have... I have no idea what's happening, and I didn't care to find out within those sequences. There were so, several like, chunks of time in this movie where I was like, wait, what? Who is that? What's going on? I, Why is he in trouble this time? Like, <laughs> me, right? I didn't know who, I like, I wasn't sure. It, let me tell you, I did not know until Goose died that he and fucking Maverick were in the same plane. I did not pick that up for the first like two thirds of the movie. <laughs> it took me it took me a second because of the way they shot it, it took me a second to realize that the pilots were literally inside of the same plane. Dave had to explain to me that Goose because I said to Dave, you know, why I don't understand. Like why is this secondary pilot here? Because when Cougar started freaking out, I was thinking like why can't Merlin, who's sitting behind him take the lead and like you know what i mean like and be the pilot what but dave is yeah. like no the person in the back their job is literally to fire like the machine the machinery the the weapons so that's why what? they're there so that's what they're there to do they're instructed by the person in the front who has the best vantage point i think like to like you know to fire Oh my god, I wish I'd watch this movie with Dave. Tara and I was like the blind leading the blind. We had no fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> because like, I was honestly, I did not know they were in the same plane. And then when I realized it, I was like, why the fuck is um, Goose doing everything that Maverick says? Like, why doesn't he do his own, you know what I mean? And it was like... Why doesn't he take the lead or be like, well, not cool, bro. I'm going to take yeah, over from here. You're exactly. a loose cannon. Yeah, and then, um, so, so that makes me even like... Maverick, like, fully killed Goose. And, like, I'm not gonna let him off the hook for that. Like, I know that the filmmakers really needed to, to like, in order to, like, make him like. Dave and I had a whole conversation about this because the second time I was watching the movie and everybody made it a point, 15 different people were like, this literally isn't your fault. We've all I looked know. at the information and it's proven that you are good. You're absolved. <laughs> you have nothing to do with what happened. It's literally no. like, it's like, tr it's like Trump being like talking to his cabinet after the insurrection. <laughs> this isn't on you. There's no blood on so, you. That's such a good fucking <laughs> point. It you totally have a full like... head of hair. <laughs> you you are a reasonable person and a great politician. And you absolutely didn't incite a riot on our country on January 6th. Donald, you're not a fucking idiot. And Donald, you're also body beautiful. Like, <laughs> no. I should also say not a riot and insurrection. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, you're on the right side of history on this one, kiddo. Just like you have been for the last four years. What you're doing for the American public... I look in the mirror every day and I say, Miss Conway, how lucky are you? And I answer myself, uh, really, really lucky. Don, you're king. Oh my God. Um, I hope, I hope Kelly Conway's daughter is okay. Oh yeah, I know. She was spilling tea and I know they didn't like that. And then Kelly came out and be like, oh, she's, she's just a teenager being peevish. It's like, or <laughs> it's like, like the only sane person in your home. Right, or like, I think you're fucking abusing her. I've seen her TikToks. I went specifically, that's why I downloaded TikTok. <laughs> exactly. You know, Kelly was like, give me some of that young blood. That's going to keep me looking good. Oh um, so that, and then um, when Goose and Maverick, there's lots of like really weird, like 
slightly homoerotic things that happen in this film. Slightly. There's <laughs> slightly. There's a moment <laughs> when they're in their first sort of like I don't know, like what do you what's it called? Like their first junket with like you know Viper, <laughs> where he's sort of like. It's is, not is a junket. It's like an orientation. It's, it's like, like an orientation. orientation, yeah. Where he's like leading them through what's going to be happening <laughs> at the school. Um, first of all, there's a moment where um, where Maverick's looking around the room, and then like Sizing Goose up says, the comp. and Goose says, "What are you looking at?" And he says, "I just I just want to size up the competition. I'm wondering who the best pilot in this room is." And then like Viper, who is like so far away, is like the best pilot in this room. Name will appear on this placard. And it's like, oh, yeah. How did you hear I that? also felt like the plaque was going to be a thing that came back later nope. more. And it Mm-mm. and they sort of dropped that thing. Well, it well they probably dropped it because it wouldn't have been Maverick's name on it. So like, I think they, they like, did say it. I think Maverick said congratulations to Iceman at graduation. I think he, he does. He yeah. got the plaque. But yeah, like but they didn't, didn't really make anymore. a big deal about it. You'd it only make a big like deal out of it. It was going to be a big deal. But you'd only make a big deal out of it if it was Maverick. Like, right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, what's the point in showing us like Iceman being rewarded when? Well, he's we not could our see we could see um, Mag- Maverick's Maverick's personal growth where he graciously like claps for his colleague who won an award that he wanted. We but... saw his growth when he was a, a when he was a proper wingman and he saved <laughs> Iceman's life and he proved in that moment that he actually was a better pilot than Iceman and he did it without. <laughs> Having to win the stupid plaque, he looks <laughs> him in the face and he get said, off the plane. Two people, li- a crowd of people, literally cheering him, which I'm sure happens all the time. at the mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are the moments when you really are like, "Congrats!" It's like when Beyonce congratulated Adele when she won the Album of the Year award. We know what this is, but have fun with that piece of metal on your mantle. <laughs> I'll take the legacy. You know what I mean? We're fans yeah. of Adele and, and Beyonce both. Don't come for us. Absolutely, absolutely. But Lemonade should have won. We and, you, and we Adele know. knew it. And the thing we is, is that yeah, I mean, we could talk about that. That's a whole other podcast. But right, <laughs> I'm working on that one too, guys. Uh, it's just gonna be called Robbed, and it's a whole podcast about people that should have won awards over people that that did. Oh my god! <laughs> copyright, 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 trademark, trademark, trademark. So, that all happens. And then while they're doing the orientation, there's a moment. I think, if I remember correctly, everybody has uh, nicknames in this movie. I think the moment was was between Wolfman and Hollywood, I think. Give me a lineup with all of these men. I could only pick out three. So, Wolfman and Hollywood are sitting there. And then he's talking about (laughs) flying these planes. And then I think Wolfman leans over to Hollywood. and and, and, um, And he says, I'm getting a hard on. And then Hollywood he said, says, no, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Because it wasn't about flying these planes. They were talking about kills in Korea. Planes uh, they shot down with people in them. And oh, he leans uh, over and goes, this, this gives me a hard on. And the other guy goes, don't tease me. And it was a really disgusting moment to me because I was like, wow, we are really jerking off the military right now. And like, we are also talking about the fact that you are getting turned on by murdering quote unquote enemies or whatever. And that is a fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really weird scene. Um, And um, we didn't see the hard on. So like, <laughs> I think that was the loss. It there. felt like it was a like, lie. It let really me did. see your your half hard little dick. I'm so sorry I said that. I that flew out of my mouth in a way that was very uncomfortable for me. Anybody, anytime anybody <laughs> says to me, "You're getting me hard," my first thing is show it. 
<laughs> Show don't see. tell, baby. Exactly. I'm tired. I'm tired of you talking about it. I'm tired of you coming over here and mm-hmm. telling me how horny you are. Prove it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, jerk off in the corner. <laughs> well, uh, let me see you do it. <laughs> let me see you beat it. Uh, and so under don't ask, don't tell, you would literally be removed from the military. <laughs> oh, God, thanks a lot, Clinton. <laughs> so, um, so that, and then we have this like we we have we meet. We meet what who will be our leading lady. We meet uh, Miss Kelly McGillis, um, mm. who also I know rolls on Jane's team. So that's something mm. fun for you. Um, she is. She's. I think she famously came out like, like maybe ten years ago or something. I remember yeah, yeah. hearing it and being like, "Oh, good for you, girl." I've never when, seen did Top you, Gun. <laughs> did you have like your? Do you have like a, a little chart that you just tally when you get like another we Hollywood elite lesbian woman? <laughs> Look, I celebrate everybody. Oh, queer. I don't know how she identifies. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how she identifies yeah. either. But just um, And I, I look, look, anybody that, you know, joins our team, my team, your team, everybody's team, the queer team, I, I absolutely make a little mental note and think, What's... you know, maybe I'll pay more attention to you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that, Jane. Um, it's it's so, what I do for the community, you know. Absolutely. So you, so you do something. <laughs> That's <great>. Exactly. <laughs> um, this scene, almost something. Almost. Um, <laughs> when they go to the um, to the watering hole and everybody's having brewskis and like mm. you know putting them back. I mean, you know, they're clearly the cocks on the block because I'm sure in this town, you know, Top Gun is like the shit. So I'm sure these dudes are just like you know like slapping you know slapping you know. <laughs> Hoodies and yeah, and mm-hmm. probably knocking cocks away. They probably all just get as much as they want. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, there's some yeah. gay dudes here. Come on. Oh my god, of course. The military. I mean, they're probably all just you know getting in with each other too. Secretly. Any large institution is famously gay, just like number wise. You know, it's for like sure. If you have a lot of people, you're gonna have a lot of gays too. <laughs> We're, yeah, exactly. Jane always <laughs> says that whenever she walks into any building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the grocery store. I announce this... myself. Yeah. Yeah. There's you walk in and you just say, "There's some gays in here. It's not just me." <laughs> and I'm. Where's the pamprint? You out. <laughs> Where's the pamprint? Um. Yep. So they go to this watering hole. They're hanging out. Um. And you know, Maverick decides to get a little bit of light predator on. He sees a woman who appears to be alone at the bar, and mm. he says to his friend, "She looks like she's lost that love and feeling, man." And his friend is like, ugh, let's not do this thing that we do, apparently. <laughs> he, no, what he does is say less and grabs a fucking microphone. <laughs> um, and speaking of, like, erections early, these two are definitely both rock hard through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. They walk over to her, um, this woman who appears to be alone at the bar, and they begin, like, singing at her poorly. Um, mm. And it's a really, like, weird moment because... It's so weird. They begin singing uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers... And Do you want to give us it, a little... You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. So it's no... a song about okay. not being in love, though. Sorry, I just heard that no. lyric. No, you're fine. No, you took... You took you t- Put me in my place. Um, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just heard that lyric and I was thinking... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, it is. It's a song, you know, but it's also, like, a song where someone's pleading with, you know, this this person to, you know, give them a chance to, like, get that love back. 
So it's got yearning in it too, you know? So I feel like maybe that's what they were banking on, that aspect of it, of like, ooh, you seem down, let me make you, you know, let me bring you up again. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're right, though, the song itself isn't about being in love with somebody. Um, But also it's being sung by now every man at the bar, so I'm immediately having flashbacks to the accused because it's like, where's the situation going to go and who's going to pull it back? Because I would feel very uncomfortable if I was a woman alone and every man in the bar crowded me and started singing at me, I would be like, this feels dangerous. Like, <laughs> I wanna I wanna get away. Uh, so large romantic gestures like these are rarely romantic in real life. They're he's a stranger only... also, that has yeah. to be noted. Large romantic gestures by like a significant other or a partner, like that's completely different. It mm-hmm. is a strange person approaching you. I would be terrified, even now I'd be terrified. I'm a large man. If I were at a bar <laughs> and somebody, <laughs> decided to bring over a group of rapscallions from the neighborhood, you know, and start like cooing, you know, I don't know, what would it be for me? Like a thong song or something like that at me, <laughs> you know? That thong, the thong, thong, thong. I like it when that back I do think that if a group of, of, in your case, a group of, a group of like, world weary lesbians flanneled out um what is mullets your... uh some mullets mixed in um some tight quaffed hairstyles with, like hate... tool belts and stuff i hate you and your impression of my a few of them in like jinko jeans some in cargo shorts <laughs> um how would you feel if like a group of like brutish lesbians approached you and started singing come to my window I'm not as threatened by queer women or, um, you know, I guess I'm just not as threatened by them as I would. So you want to be victimized. A cis cis man. Um, So if cis men, like, if started doing that to me, I would feel very threatened. But that's because they have a history Challenge accepted, Jane. Challenge accepted. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, obviously. Yeah, it'd be me and like a group of like effeminate men from like the local community theater, and Jane would love it. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, oh, a show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We all come in and we start singing like "Welcome In" from Cabaret, and you're like, ooh. If it was a bunch of like straight military guys, I would be absolutely fucking terrified. <laughs> what if one of them before they started? What if one of them quietly whispered in your ear, "We're not gonna rape you." <laughs> I would be. What? I thought I thought that would make it better. You think that would make it better? You think I wouldn't go, hmm, well, I wasn't in the position to, th- to think that you might, but now I certainly think it's on your mind. Well, you're not going to say that because he's already put his finger over your lip to be like, shush. <laughs> a woman for them only to start speaks in. when she is spoken to and I am done. And they would probably perform like pony for you. <laughs> First of all, I would actually kind of really enjoy seeing um, anybody, a group of people performing Genuine's Pony for I me. had no idea that Pony was a sexual song when I was growing up. At oh, I didn't either. I, I thought, thought it was, was about literally ponies. about a Shetland. I thought it was literally 100% thought it was about ponies. And I was Someone's like, this is, sure. this is such a good song. And it continues to be such a good song. I had no idea how sexual it was. I yeah. don't know about that one. I also didn't know about Real Close by Next. 
I never knew that that was. Like I a, did. I did, did because I remember when that came out. It was one of my friends. I was at one of my friends' houses watching MTV, and she literally goes, "Yeah, this is about like grinding on a girl, and when a boy has like a boner, and you can feel it on on you." Uh, and I was like, I, "What?" It's and a, then I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is a real song." But also, it doesn't sound like great because she says, "Feel a little poke coming through from you." And it's like, I know it's like it's not like I feel like a, a pretty good sized poke coming through. Feel feel an average size poke coming through. She's like, oh, "I feel you. a little bitty. I feel a little little bitty <laughs> poke little bitty coming through." Poke. Your little tiny dick is poking me. It's weird and hurts. Also, in Janet Jackson's song, "It's All for You." When she says, got a nice package, all right, guess I'm going to have to ride it tonight. Yes, I did not understand that was sexual either. And I was I old enough to either. understand that. I Well, I think I didn't know about, like, I don't think I'd ever heard the term, like, riding a dick before. So I didn't know that. But I guess I understood that a package might be a, a penis. But I remember later, like, like, as an adult listening to that song, because I fucking love that song. I love that whole album. Song. It's yeah, a great song. The, the whole album that All For You is on, I forget what it's called, but I loved that whole album. Um, but I remember listening to it again as an adult and being like, this is like way more sexual than I realized. I mean, I've done that with so many songs. It was, yeah, now I, you, had, you made me look it up because All For You, it's the name of the album. Okay, that's what I thought um, it might be, yeah. But also she says, guess I'm going to have to write it tonight, which is like, you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, no, it's your choice, mama. But she says it like, I'm obligated since I've brought it up. <laughs> which is like <laughs> oh the plight of being a woman all right you guys need to learn to keep your mouth shut you won't get yourself yeah. in sexy situations and when we sing at you at a bar you are absolutely obligated to find that charming even though you have no idea who we are oh and then afterwards when you tell me you have to go i'm gonna follow you into the women's restroom which is what tom cruise does to kelly mcgillis in this movie also, I do want to point out, if a group of military men started singing to me at a bar, I actually would be into it. Um, I, I actually truly think I would find it charming. <laughs> as long as as long as long they were, yeah, as long as they were all like... <laughs> After all that, I would fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be really into it. And I probably wouldn't feel threatened as long as they were like, you know, it's all about vibes. Yeah. But I stand with my female <laughs> friends who don't want it. But if a group of military men are out and they see me and they want to sing to me, you feel free to coo. Absolutely. Um, I will be here. I will be swaying from side to side. I'll be snapping. I will be adding ad libs. Yeah, I would love it. Charming. Let's do it. I love it. I've 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 done a, a 180. Exactly. I hate it when people say I've done a 360 when they mean a 180. You're yeah, like, I know. Shut I know. up. <laughs> Especially if they're telling you something serious or if it's like a story about like, you know, somebody's journey through like coming through something. It like completely... You know, it's like, I've done a, like, I struggle with drug addiction, but I've done a complete 360. And it's like, you can't, it can't correct somebody as they're tearfully, like, sharing their evolution with you. But you almost and you just want to be like, so you mean you're back in the trenches again, girl? Yeah. You gotta get like, back. <laughs> you just yell you. 180 when they say it. It's like, I was so scared of my own shadow and of what my truth looked like and all the therapy and everything. And I've done a 360. 180. Uh, sorry, What? Basic you're geometry. Basic you're geometry. To where you started, in which case, shame on you. But it sounds like you've evolved. 180. Don't say 360 anymore. That's a circle. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm sharing with you, you oh, fucking bastard. Okay, I'm gonna take my truth with me out the door. 
<laughs> Ugh, yeah, and take that geometry lesson I just gave you, too. So there's a really... After he meets her, they have a full... She loves this, and then they have a full sexy tete-a-tete where she's, like, into it. He tries to pursue her a little bit further by following her into the women's room. Goes, love that. Yeah, um, I, absolutely. Whereas I would be totally fine with a bar of military men singing a song to, to me. Follow me to the bathroom, I will shiv you. I will absolutely shiv you. That's true. She keeps one on her. She, use, she uses the... <laughs> what do you use? You use a toothbrush, right? That you just wrapped a bunch of saran wrap around. I saw yeah. this in a movie once. And then you light it. That's what they do. I shouldn't say that. I watch... No, no, I, I don't wa- know. I, okay, so I watch I, I, I used to watch a lot of Lock Up Raw. I don't know if you guys remember Ugh, that show. I hate that name. <laughs> it's so disgusting. But it's like a reality show inside, inside a prison. And for some reason, I love reality shows about prison. I think I'm just like really fascinated by what goes on there. And also, obviously, goes without saying, modern day slavery, blah, 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 whatever. Anyways, I, I mean that wholeheartedly, but I just meant I'm going to continue the story and wanted to say that, not blah, 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 whatever. But what time, what people do is they, at least this is what I've seen in Lock Up Bra, is that you can make, you can melt down the end of a toothbrush, toothbrush. with like a lighter and you can like, um, I guess shave it sort of into a. You point. need like yeah, I think a lot of the floor. Like if the floor is like hard and cement, I know you can just go mm-hmm. back and forth and back and forth on the floor, and you're yes. molding it into. I mean, a knife. And then I think people do that with um, spoons as well. Oh. Okay. Um. They they are able to like melt spoons into like the end of a spoon, um, into a. Um, a shiv-like thing. There's a lot of different ways. Anyways, Dave, yeah, if you guys know any um, cool ways to make a shiv, definitely, like, let us know on Twitter or um, Instagram. We'd love to hear it. Ha- hashtag shiv chat. <laughs> um, just put the hashtag and we'll find it. Um, we're, such, we're such responsible podcast hosts. <laughs> um, there, is, there is also, like, this really, like, she, she finally agrees to go on a date with him, even though she shouldn't because of her job and all. Um, in her career, mm-hmm. but she decides he's cute enough to risk it. Oh, yeah. Well, we should say she doesn't reveal the fact that she's his teacher until they, she, like, She doesn't run. until she shows up at the school, uh, yeah. the, the academy or whatever, and she, she walks in and struts her stuff, and then we get to, you know, see Mike Gillis once again in all her, her blonde glory. And um, <laughs> then we find out she's the teacher. Also, I thought it was a fun fact. Kelly McGillis is actually 5'10". Tom Cruise is 5'7". And so they have to put, like, boosters in his in all of his shoes so that when they film scenes together. And they put boosters in his shoes and they made her be barefoot, which I just thought was, like, garbage. I did. I Y'all did. Y'all can get her some ballet flats? Oh, <laughs> Walking around here, like, you know, getting tetanus from a rusty right. nail. But okay. I did. I did notice that, like... <laughs> Or I read somewhere, I can't remember where I read it, but, like, she's 5'10", he's 5'7", so at the last scene when they get together, they're back at the the bar or whatever, and they had to, in order to make it look like they're the same height, they had to put lifts in his shoes, and they had to dig a ditch for her to stand in, which is, like, the fucking lengths we will go to, like, absolutely, like, pound down these gender roles that like men need to be at least as tall or taller than women and it's like makes the woman in the relationship like not as feminine if she's taller than him it's so insane there's like a really um famous um hold on let me look this up make sure i'm not messing this up because i could be 
And I really, oh yeah, okay. So Marcus Samuelson, he's like a James Beard award-winning Swedish Ethiopian chef, and he's married, oh, yeah, and his yeah, wife yeah. is like eight inches taller than him. She's like this model, and I just think it's so cool that like he's completely comfortable with that and like you see them on the red carpet and she's beautiful and she like towers over him and it's just like yeah and what like i feel like it almost makes you seem sexier as a guy because it's just like oh my god because you're like i 100 you immediately become sexier sexier because you don't have those weird personal hang-ups and you're confident enough to like let a a woman you're with like shine in all her like amazonian glory because she's oh for sure and his wife also is like all she's i think she's she's a model she's like beautiful and Mm -hmm. she's also always in like heels which i love too because it's like I just love, I love that, like, that. he's like, yeah, rock those stilettos, like. It's like, um, Gwendolyn Christie from, um, Game of Thrones. Um, she is famously six foot three, I believe. She's, like, super oh, yeah. tall. And she, not only is she super tall, she's really beautiful. And she had, I think she did some modeling before Game of Thrones. But I, I don't know if she's partnered or not. But, um, I think, like you know i'm sure she's dated people who are shorter than her um and i think she dates men and i think like you know i think that's just like and she wears heels what my point is she wears heels all the time and like doesn't like try to be like i'm too tall in these things it's nice you know like she if you're gonna wear three inch heels to make you sit six foot six that's amazing no, she's partnered, and her partner he appears to be quite a bit shorter than her and so it's yeah it's very that it's like yeah, she's very... I, I remember her from the show. She's very striking. I, yeah, she's very... She's beautiful, yeah. Yeah, she is beautiful. Um, oh, I, yeah, Dave just sent us a picture of Marcus Samuelson and his wife, and they're literal... I mean, she's a literal model, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's beautiful. He's really good looking, too. He is very good looking. They're a very attractive couple. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so funny to see Tim Robbins in this movie and him being not utilized at all, which I was oh, like, oh, yeah. clearly well, he's going to be a big part of this movie. And then I was like, he fully wasn't. But also, like, I mean, we get, uh, you know, one of the first film appearances by Meg Ryan. <gasps> we haven't even talked about Meg, have we? Yeah, Meg Ryan, she plays Goose's um, wife. Um, mm-hmm. They have a young child together. Um, and yeah, she shows up and she's a little firecracker. She's kind of messy. And she's she like, is kind of messy. Like she seems like a person that like I, when they were in the bar and like it was Goose and his wife and they brought the kid and the kid is sitting on top of the piano and Goose is playing the pi- playing um, great balls of fire on the piano and playing um, playing. We're putting that in yeah. like his hands were so far away from the piano. His hands. He was basically sitting on his hands. So. But then I but then I read that apparently like like a uh, Tony scott just like watched some movie with like or like there was a jerry lee lewis playing great balls of fire and decided to just throw it into the movie like the next day so like it was like he knew he was gonna need to do this so it was just like uh all right we're just <laughs> we're just fulfilling whims at this point I so, guess so um yeah he he does that and meg ryan's like i want to have sex and it's like you look <laughs> a toddler your child is literally sitting right there and like are you, and you seem like the room drunk <laughs> Yeah, you seem extra messy. And then there's a moment when she's talking to Charlie alone. At this point, Charlie and, like, Maverick are, like, an unofficial item. But it's clear that she knows that they are. And she's, like, basically, yeah, he used to have all sorts of girls. All the time. Maverick just fucking him. And it's, like, why would you tell that to, like, like, what are you doing? 
you know that she likes him and she's just like smirking like oh how, how spirited because like, what we know is true is that historically it was fine for men to be a ladies man but if that was a woman they'd be like you fucking dirty slut oh so you're still a whore I see <laughs> once one always one you had a boyfriend before me <laughs> you mean you've kissed another man? And Maverick's like run through the entire fucking city of Miramar, California. <laughs> like, hold hold on. There was a rumor going around that you made eye contact with John Jackson outside of the of the arena? And I'm not supposed to call you Trollop? Give Come me a here. reason. Throw your hand against my face so you can slap me. Wait, who's that? It was. <laughs> Never mind. I fucked up. Also, there was, <laughs> there's this like we mentioned. There's like this really greasy like volleyball game that happens for some reason. Oh my god, we should talk about the volleyball game. It's like out of nowhere and for no reason. It's before it's before Maverick's <laughs> first date with Charlie. There's this volleyball game that like him <laughs> and Goose are on one team, and then we've got um, Iceman and. Uh, Iceman and Slider on the other team. I literally and don't know so, who, who is who in this movie. So it's like pilot and co-pilot basically facing off against each other. Oh, and I like, didn't put that together. Look at you. Like, I just like, whatever. <laughs> and, I, and like, everybody's super sweaty and shirtless. Tom Cruise and is... Every, everybody is shirtless except for Anthony Edwards. Like, he... <laughs> he probably saw those bodies and he was like, I'm good with a, with a T. You got something... Look, I'm sure got... Anthony Edwards looked great with Oh, I'm sure he did too. I'm just saying. Either, like, I'm sure maybe he was like, oh, these... These guys are, are really, really fit. I'm not going to do that to myself. So how about somebody find me a sensible shirt? And, um, <laughs> also the fact that, like, like, this scene, like, did absolutely nothing to move the story forward. Oh, no. no nothing way. to do with the narrative at all. It had nothing to do with anything, actually. It wasn't referenced ever again. Um, <laughs> we just got, like, Tom Cruise, like, sweaty and, like, shirtless and, like, a pair of, like, really tight jeans, which is, I just thought, like, that must be so uncomfortable. So like, wrong. Like, you're playing volleyball barefoot. <laughs> Barefoot volleyball, beach volleyball, and like a tight, like a tight pair of Wranglers. It's just like this is be awful. And also, you like, are sweating so much. Like his swamp ass must have been on ten. Absolutely, and, you know. And then he's like, "Oh, I gotta leave to go on a date," and I literally wrote, "Wait, he's going straight to a date and not showering after the and, most intense volleyball game I've ever seen in my fucking life." And he walks into her. He gets to the date. He's late for at her house. He yes. walks into her house and he says, "Okay, while well, you finish dinner, I'm gonna go hop in the shower." And it's like, what? and she's like, "No." <laughs> like it's so fucking weird you walk yeah. to this girl's house like do you have a although to be clothes? honest i did go to jane's house the other day and take a shower at her house after i arrived at her house sweaty yes, but you but offered i of course i offered and you had a change of clothes and b we weren't you and i were not potentially going to like get close and like maybe have sex with each other not that day but Never mind. But Let's just keep it in the podcast. We're always people. a question mark, aren't we, Bran? It's always, well, they won't they, just like it was with you and Nanham. <laughs> oh, gross. Please stop. I can't believe I told you that story. <laughs> That's a great story. It's my one of my favorites. Oh, God. I've just weaponized it against myself. I <laughs> No, it was an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. There's no way you couldn't have shared that. I know I had to. I had to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. It, so then but, yeah, we it's have like, this so date. Weird. They have this date, and it's like, I don't even know. They just, like, say things about 
planes to each other. He reveals that his father was a pilot and he died in combat, but he doesn't know why. And then there's like this moment where he's like, you, you probably know because you have military clearance or whatever to like read files that I don't. And he says that to, um, what's her face? Charlie. Charlie. And yeah. And then at this point I was like, oh, okay. So Charlie's going to be ultimately the one to tell him about his father. Um, what happened to his father, which didn't happen. <laughs> it was like, but, why have that conversation in that way? And why structure it in that way? If it's not going to pay off. It's no, weird. it's like his command. It's like commander, his commander, Played by Tom Skerritt, Viper, who Viper he goes to Viper's house the towards the end of the movie and like really is buried the lead and yeah. hasn't revealed this entire time that like, you know, this this guy who really wants to know anything about his father, he's desperate for information. He mentions earlier that his mother died when he was really like a baby, and his father, you know, disappeared or died not too long after that. And like all of a sudden towards the end of the movie, Viper's like, Oh yeah, I yeah, I was your dad's best friend, BT dubs. <laughs> It's like, wait, what? You knew my father? I'm just going to shoehorn this fact in here. It was so fucking weird. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know you wanted to know about your father you never met. (laughs) That's so crazy to me. How could could you? Yeah. And you talk about how you don't have any family except for Goose and he just died. And so instead of, like, being like, hey, I knew your father, I'm going to wait until you come to me despondent and upset and no longer wanting to fly. And I'm going to use this to get you back into flying. No, it literally was him. It it was literally, like, Maverick coming to his home on, like, an off day and him being in the house and then him walking over and looking at, like, a photo, a a collage of photographs on the wall and his father is in a photo with Viper. And then Viper says, oh, yeah, I knew him. So, okay, so that's how it was discovered. It wasn't like he, like, knew. and he No, it's just... a, a framed photo on the wall of the two of them together, which is like, so you guys were, like, real friends. Like... <laughs> and you, like, still have that framed on your wall, so it's like he was a significant friend to you, obviously. And you're like, well, you, yeah, I just, I don't know. I assumed you wouldn't want to know about your dad you never met. <laughs> so... But yeah, that's that's the way to play it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I do have a, I do okay. I have a fun little game for you. So okay. yeah. I want you to to guess. I'm gonna give you actors. Four. I'll give you four actors, and you tell okay. me. You guess which one of these actors was not actually an actor considered for Ooh. this role. Okay. okay. For which so role? Will, the role Tom Cruise. For the role, role of Maverick. I'm sorry. Okay. For the role of Maverick. Okay. So we've got John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Sean Penn. And Christian Slater. I'm going to guess Christian Slater because I think he was too young. Damn it, you did it, girl. Oh, fuck yes! You did it. <laughs> you got it right. That was tough, though, because I, I he's not... He's not super young, but he's definitely a little bit younger than Tom Cruise in, in a way that that's that that was the thing that hinted it to me. But that was fun. I feel like I feel like Christian Slater, you know, he's probably had like a little like you know a little help here and there from the old doctors. Oh, um, a nip and a tuck. But he looks great though. He is like. Well, let me Google he's him. He's one of these guys that I feel like is aging like. Every now and then I stumble upon like somebody who's aged. And I'm oh, just he like, does look really good. He looks doesn't really he? good. He looks what did really I just good. see him in? I think I mean it looks like he takes good care of himself. And sure, I mean yeah. to be fair, Tom Cruise is, um, you know, he looks great as well. You know who else looks really good? 
Scott Speedman, he is like, he is aging like wine. I feel like you bring him up as much as possible. Because nobody else talks about him. That's why. Because he's not getting the calls from the Marvel Universe for a career rejuvenation. You know? Carrie did not get him a guest arc on The Americans when that was on. So, yeah. I'll bring him up from time to time. Um, But He's very good looking. But you, and Scott Foley also is also very, but he's working a lot more than Scott Speedman. But, Mm -hmm. um... You are right. Yeah, Tom Cruise has aged very well. He he looks virtual. And then when I saw like I saw like a quick shot of him like in the new Top Gun Maverick movie that's going to be coming out this later this year, I believe. Um, and he looks amazing. It's just like, well, of course, they could come to you like, you know, thirty five years later and be like, hey, can you <laughs> do this part again? Do you still look amazing? And he's like, yep. You know, I I will say a Tom Cruise like. It sucks that he's, like, such an intense Scientologist. Yeah. Because, like, I, like, he's a, he's like a, cla- he's a movie star. He's a classic movie he's star. A real, he's a movie star. And I, like, have loved some of the movies that he's in. And I think, sure. like, he, he is, like, he's one of those people who, you know, had I not gotten that insight into, like, how fucking nuts he is with the whole Scientology thing and like when he started dating Katie Holmes and was jumping on couches and shit I would have been like oh you know like we could have just like remember you know like just I still felt pretty warmly about him but I'm like annoyed that he's like so in deep and like I I feel like he knows where Shelly Miscavige is do you remember that interview that he did was it who was it Matt Lauer about Scientology remember it got (laughs) like you're glib Matt you're glib (laughs) It was so wild. Oh my god. I remember I remember that's where I learned what the word glib was. Oh yeah, he used a lot. I've had a, I've had one or two directors use that in reference to my performance, which I didn't love. I'll tell you that. During the during the old note session. How dare you? How dare you? It's dynamic it's unfortunate. what I'm doing now. Full of life. Um but yeah. Um Ugh. So anyway, probably accurate though too. Um, so yeah, so that all happens, and then also there's like this moment when like he confronts Val, Val Kilmer's character in like the locker room, and they're like, oh, it's face so homoerotic. And then, but then Val Kilmer does that weird thing with his teeth, which is like you know it was ad libbed. Like, <laughs> it's almost like he bites the air with his teeth. It's like, I thought he was gonna kiss him. Yeah, that probably happened after. No, apparently they didn't get along. And also Val Kilmer, another one, he was contractually obligated to do this film and didn't want to do it. Anyways, should we um, talk about the sex scene? Yeah, the sex scene, which, by the way, apparently was filmed, like, they said, like, what was it like? It was something crazy. It was, like, a long time between when that sex scene was filmed and I feel like six or eight months, they said, because it was filmed in post. Like, they, they oh, showed... I, <laughs> I think something about them showing the movie to, like, audiences... And then, like, the audience is basically, like, deciding that, like, this movie This movie sucks. I need something to get me through, like, a sex scene. I love a good sex scene. This is not what I would refer to as a good sex scene. This is, like, the blue light. And there is so much tongue work going on. Like, they're just licking the insides of each other's mouths and, like, the chin and everything. And, and... It's just that. He's lying on top of her, just licking on the inside of her mouth. It's too much. Um, No, I know you misunderstand that I was not saying that that was hot. I was saying that it was, it was gross. Yeah, you liked it. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, a test movie audience, they were like, we need a love scene in this movie. And so they decided to add it in. And it's another scene that kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, and then also, that's why in that elevator scene, uh, Kelly McGillis's character Charlie is wearing the baseball cap when they have that mm. moment. Because this was all filmed after. And she was already doing a new movie and like had dyed her hair. So like that's why they put the baseball cap on her. And like Tom Cruise's hair is really is a lot longer in that scene than it is in the rest of the movie um, as well. Like she also I had lost like expect. 16 pounds between filming the movie and like coming back. Um, so like she and you look at the scene and once I read that and then looked at the scene, I was like, she does look a little bit different. And he does well, too because his hair is so back. long. Um but yeah, well, then they have the sex scene. It's probably why they filmed the sex scene the way that they did with like the like the shadows and stuff because they didn't <laughs> want to reveal like and apparently Kelly was like, I'm not dying my hair again. So y'all need to do whatever movie magic y'all need to do. Last <laughs> to time I checked. Right. Last time I was I done. Checked, I was donezo. Um <laughs> Ali Sheedy was offered this part, uh the part of Charlie and now says that she regrets it because the movie Oh no, Ali, you made the right choice. Speaking of Ali Sheedy, yesterday was um Tara's birthday and we watched Short Circuit starring Ali Sheedy. And like Tara had like a childhood crush on Ali Sheedy, which I'm just like I can I see can't, that. I can't pin down her type. <laughs> I can I can never imagine having a crush on Ali Sheedy because I always think of that scene from The Breakfast Club when she shakes her hair oh, oh. and all of that dandruff so hits gross. the table. It is so gross. Uh, but like, we love you, girl. That we love you, Ali Sheedy. Don't Shine on, you crazy diamond. You know, very that. <laughs> um. Also, there are some iconic lines from this movie that I did not know were from this movie. The I have the need, the need, the need for, speed. for speed. That one, and then also take me to bed now or lose me forever. Oh yeah, that's from this movie. I didn't, I didn't know that was from this movie. I think there was another one too. There was another one. It was get your finger out of my, out of your, get your finger out of my butthole, Mister Johnson. <laughs> that was from this movie too, right? Uh, that is iconically from um, your bedroom. Okay, and then the last one I remember was, we did it, Jill. We did it. <laughs> um, that's famously from this movie as well. Yeah, um, delivered before she was our first um, female vice president. I can do, I can do Kamala it better Harris. than that. I know I can. I just need to sell it to it. We did it, Joe. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> No, this uh, is I should to work on it a little bit. I'll do it All in the right, next well, episode. I'll do it for you guys. Go ahead and w listen and watch some videos of Kamala because that was not it. She's not whiny like that. Th that day, she it's not whiny. She's just happy. She's she's elated. Yeah, I know, but you were doing it whiny. It's not whiny. No, that wasn't what Take I was going for. I was going for Lagoobers. <laughs> also, I thought it was just funny when, like, in the movie, when, when like, Maverick, after Goose dies, they're, like, they they go back and forth between, like, you know, get over it. Get back out there. And then, like, you know. also sometimes, they're, but at the same time, they also will just be like, he's done. And it's like, so they go back and forth between, like, wanting to force him to, like, work through his grief while, like, serving them. And then, like, also just being, like, giving up on him completely. And I was like, I like that we can't pick a side, really. Like, you guys are like, it's either, like, he needs to get back to work. La we we had the coroner. The coroner's inquest was yesterday. <laughs> We've almost buried him, you know, get back up there in that sky, even though that's also the way your friend died. Um, <laughs> trust the equipment now, even though it malfunctioned mm -hmm. that time, 
figure mm-hmm. out a way, work through it, be a man. Um, <laughs> Dave said this is like a love letter to like toxic masculinity, like this film. It truly um, is. It truly is. Because the thing is, is that like it, it, so first of all, like the military is all about, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know what the fucking military is all about, but what I like No, see... go for it, Megan McCain. <laughs> You call me that dumb bitch again, we are done. We're never done, girl. We're never done. I will always crawl back for more abuse. This is I will I will it's not abuse. We love each other. Jane ribs me as much as I rib her. Don't let her (laughs) convince you otherwise with this little bo peep act that she's putting on for you guys. Um, I do, but I just feel like you're getting in a lot more this episode than I am. I'm just not, like, firing on, on all of my slander cylinders, cylinders, I guess, for you. And I wish I, I was I instantly thought in. of an insult when you just said that, and I didn't say it. You see? This is a growth. <laughs> oh, you're a little sweetie, aren't you, Bran Bran? Boop, boop, beep, beep. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. I don't think it was important. Um, it oh, I did think that, um... I was surprised that, like, I think they really tried to make that, like, tension between... <laughs> I I did hear it. I did hear it, but I chose to ignore it. Um, <laughs> the tension... Thank you for the acknowledgement. Thank you for the acknowledgement. That's all I need. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, they really tried to, like, build the tension between Iceman, Val Kilmer's character, and Maverick a lot. But, like, it didn't, like really like come to any consequence for me like I felt like sort of like a secondary thing that they were like oh yeah we should go back to like the tension between these two so that like the 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 final scene where Iceman like thanks him for saving him is like more epic but I don't know it just felt like sort of an afterthought to me I felt like I felt like I thought that there was going to be I thought that there was going to be a moment in the movie where there was a big fight scene between them that, like, had to right. be broken up or something. I did, um, Or too. I thought that, like, Iceman was going to do something, like, sneaky to, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I thought he was going to be a more nefarious character. Yeah, he really wasn't. He's just a guy who toes, who's kind of got an ego, too, but, like, also toes, like, the line. But I also, like, in my notes, like, I was like... I could don't disagree with Iceman. He's like I mean, honestly, all he's really saying is like you need to be a team player and like do this. And the like right you're way. dangerous in the sky. And I was like, okay, well that's like a solid point. Like yeah, you're making reckless decisions. Arguing there, you know. And even like after like there's that moment after um, Goose dies when they're like in the locker room and he's like Mitchell, which I guess is Maverick's last name. He's like it's Mitchell. P- yeah. He's like trying not to like it's like he's it's so hard for him to offer condolences to him because he dislikes <laughs> him so much. And it looks like he's like trying not to like throw up. And like between the, like the words he's just like Mitchell. Uh, we all really loved Us. He was our friend. Sorry. And then he like slithers away and it's like you took everything in you to like offer like kindness to to Maverick. I know! It's so weird. And also probably you feel like he was responsible for what happened to his friend. So I'm sure that's a part of it too of like, ugh, let me like you know, try and like shove down like my resentment with the way that you just like navigate the world and treat people. Right. I just, yeah. I, I just didn't again when I want something, like, the thing is, like, I'm actually really glad that they added the, um, 
the love story like more because that is what kept me way more interested than anything else. Like I cannot imagine watching this movie without that angle because I would literally just like my eyes would glaze over the whole time. Well, it's barely a love story, really. Uh, yeah, I mean it's barely it was it was it was barely a love story. She but seems really, like she just like she like she's like yeah, we have fun a couple times. It doesn't seem like she like anything in her life is in any way being altered by like Maverick. No. To me. I was kind of surprised she came back at the like, end. I think she's like a hot piece, you know? Yeah, but I feel like she's like, I've got professional opportunities coming my way. Like, I'm going to be taking all of those on. Like, we had fun. You know, you were okay in bed. But then she goes to D.C., but then she comes back to California to be with him. So, like, that oh. kind of bothered me, too, because I was like, oh, you had, like, a good teaching opportunity in Washington, D.C., and you came back for this pipsqueak? Did you also notice that, like, Wolfman, like, the moment in the locker room after, like, Maverick, like, has that moment with, like, um, Iceman, where Iceman's, like, apologizes about, like, you know, offices condolences, and then he leaves. And then, like, Wolfman's, like, sitting around on the, like, on the other side of the lockers listening, and then he goes to the payphone, and he makes a call, and he's like, hey, Maverick just quit. And, like, we didn't see him quit, first of all. Um, I, and, I literally yeah. wrote, wait, Maverick quit? When did I he didn't quit? Know that. <laughs> and then, like, all of a sudden, Charlie shows up at the bar that he's at, and it's like, is was he was he spying for you? <laughs> I, I I literally wrote, why would Wolfman have a through line to Charlie? Why so would strange. he call her? Does he even know that they're dating? And if he knows, why is he so invested in these two making it work? Also, like, has he been following Maverick around the entire movie? Just in in just in eager anticipation of him doing something that makes it worth like bothering Charlie? Yeah, it's so Or did she answer the phone and was she like, stop fucking calling me, Wolfman? (laughs) Oh, I got something else for you, though. Maverick (laughs) ate an apple today. And then he looked at a banana. But then he thought he was was hungry enough, so he didn't eat. It's like, are you, how are your grades? Are you doing okay in Top Gun School? Because you seem to be really preoccupied with what Maverick's doing. No, 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 I swear the tea is piping hot this time. I got some tea for you. We were sitting out there and like Maverick made some comment about how he thought they should bring Three's company back. <laughs> like you can't. And I was like, in this economy? I don't yeah. know what that means. And it was like, you and what army? <laughs> Suzanne Summers is donezo, kid. <laughs> she's got the thigh master money. She's done. And she's like, you you have to stop calling me. I will change my number again. <laughs> um but yeah, so that the weird like friendship wrap up at the end where like Maverick's the wingman and he like oh my God. he ends up bringing you know Iceman home and proving he's better. I also better. like love how vague these military conflicts are. Like we don't understand what the stakes are. We don't know what the battle is or the war or who these enemies are that they're like saving themselves from. It's so unclear. But what is so clear at the very end is how much the military wanted to show that there is tons of glory in this so when you do something you get off the plane you will have literal crowds of people cheering for you on this vessel and being like you are the fucking man you hero motherfucker i love you so much i'm gonna whip out my dick and jerk off because i'm so turned on by how fucking heroic you are exactly very that (laughs) that is all you gave me for that I agree with you. No, I mean, it's true. Like, it's it's really, like, nondescript. But it's just, like, it's, like, a vague glory. 
So yes, exactly. It's such propaganda. which is also the name of my autobiography. <laughs> Vague glory. So I mean, I, do you have anything else you want to touch on? I think we touched on it all. We've touched on each other. We've touched um, on each other. You touched yeah. on your mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think you. that we we covered it. I mean, Top Gun was a doozy. Uh, we learned a lot about ourselves. I think while while uh, while consuming this movie, we did. Uh, I think we've officially gotten to the in this. Um, we've officially gotten to the first movie that I literally will never watch again. Yeah, I don't see myself watching this again. Although I also, given how, I think reading about this movie was the realization of how successful it was. I don't think I even I had no idea. I had no idea that this movie was this big of a deal. I knew, I knew about it in like terms of like pop culture. I also realized that the reason why I thought Charlie Sheen was in this movie is because I was thinking of Hot Shots, which is apparently a movie that came out in 1991 that is a spoof of Top Gun. And oh, Charlie I've never Sheen even plays seen, I've never heard the of Maverick-esque that. role. I think that's why. I've never seen it, but I've just heard of it. And I think that I sort of conflated the two together. Yeah, well, um, that makes sense. I mean, it's like thinking scary movies scream, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. So, no, I probably wouldn't watch this again. But also, <sighs> I've gone my entire life without seeing it somehow. And I'm I know, shocked. That's because the, that's the, the surprising thing. Even as, as a kid, there wasn't a point where I watched it because it feels like a movie that probably was being played on HBO all the time. I can only imagine. But somehow I always like missed it. And I didn't miss a lot of these. There's plenty of movies that I watched as a kid through and through <laughs> that about random things that like I don't care about. So I would have yeah, I feel like I would have watched it if it was on, but who knows? I just um, also think like things are slightly different now for kids growing up than they were for us, where it's like if a movie is extremely popular, you watch it. No yeah. matter what. Like no matter whether it's an interesting genre to you or not, you fucking watch that movie. And I, sure. that's why I've seen tons of movies. I mean, first of all, you and I just wa- have watched a ton of movies. We love watching movies. But I've also seen tons of movies that, like, if you sat me down now and said, will you watch this movie? I'd be like, can we do something else? You know what I mean? It was just well, not my thing. Also, though, I think that, like, it's because it was so popular that you feel like it was a really popular movie. There are plenty of movies in our probably respect respective like banks that are movies that were mm-hmm. really popular that we only watched because they were really popular right. and it was like the right. only thing on tv or like whatever it's just like oh watch mm-hmm. this but um yeah i concur uh i probably wouldn't be tuning into this one ever again and i've gone <laughs> no. up to this point without ever watching it so i don't i think this is proof of the fact that i can live my life with never seeing this movie again yeah no i'm good um <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you for taking this journey with me. Do you have a movie that you would like to assign me to watch next week? Um, I do. Um, so we're going to have to do a little different this week, Mama. Because Ooh. I this was a movie that I had a really hard time finding. Um, oh I ended up having to to order a DVD off of Epic. Um, so that's why I've been, that's why every time I come to your house, I'm like, hey, you guys got DVD player? Um, and you guys are like, yeah, I think we do. Um, so I have a movie that you have to watch that I had to purchase. Um, it is from 1994 and it is called Exit to Eden. Oh, I've never seen that. No. Amazing. Thank God. Okay. I was so worried. I've heard that title. Isn't that a book? Uh, it may be a film. It may actually be a film. Um, but well, uh, of course I it's a film. So, I... oh, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. No, I had a gin and tonic. It... No, it absolutely is a film. <laughs> um, it it um it, it may have been a book though. I think that maybe it was a book. I would have to look more into it. 
But regardless, uh, I am so... Uh, it's, it's oh, adapted I, to the screen. Okay, so it was a book turned into a It movie. was a book. Okay, I don't know anything about the book or the movie, but I, 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 I've I heard of it as a book for sure, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know who's in it. I don't know anything. Wait, is this... Oh my God, that's so funny. Okay, what? never mind. No, you'll, you'll find out. I, I was just looking at, I was looking at the writer of the book and it's like, okay. oh, it's like a really famous writer and apparently a really famous book. Um, I had no idea yeah. this was a book. This is literally one of those movies. It's a I movie from my childhood. I haven't seen this movie, I would say, in 25 years. Um, oh, my God. So since have you watched it? Have you watched... Okay, whatever. Have you watched it since you received it? No, I have to watch it tomorrow because I have to give it to you so that you can watch okay. it. So I'm going to okay. have to give it to you um, when we see you this weekend. Um, okay. So, yeah. It's... Uh, I'm really. Well, I, this is the first time that I've had to logistically be like, okay, I have to watch this movie way before I'm supposed to. But I'm actually really excited. I haven't seen this movie since I was like literally like ten years old. So I am really excited because I loved this movie as a kid. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. So too. I'm so curious. It's. it's I'm sure nothing all will that be you revealed. could be thinking. Um, it's, it was a crazy film from my childhood, and for some reason I thought of it, and then I was like, that was a wild movie. Um, I don't remember it very well, to be completely honest with you. I remember, mm-hmm. like, snapshots and images in my mind, but I remember loving it as a kid. Um, okay. and I think that it's gonna be, it's gonna <laughs> give you exactly what you want, I think, in a film. From what I remember of it. I don't remember a lot. Uh, but yeah. Alright, well, I can't wait. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to us talk about a movie we missed and hated. Um, Top Gun. <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we hope you stuck with us. And if you want to stick with us more, feel free to follow us on our social media profiles. You can find us on Instagram at Movies We Missed, and on Facebook, um, which is also Movies We Missed, and on Twitter at MWM Chat. Um, so find us there. We'll chat with you. Whatever you want to talk about. Um, yeah also feel free to go if you're listening on like apple Podcasts to leave us like a lovely review you can leave us the star rating you can write a review we'd love that as long as it's positive if you have anything negative then keep that shit to yourself because Mm -hmm. we're not here for it but if you have anything positive or uplifting that you want to share about us um our gravitas our star quality Mm -hmm. um you know anything how informed we are with everything that we talk about absolutely any of that then feel free to share that anything to the contrary that's mm-hmm. for you and you know the wall in your room Keep and your that therapist absolutely yeah let but know. i do but absolutely a written review on apple Podcasts is huge for us so if you guys don't mind taking the time giving us a five-star review and then writing something we would be so 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 grateful so seriously thank you guys we love you we will see you next week with exit to eden bye bye Oh, so you're still a whore, I see. Uh, Escándalo.